If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning, and then someone hands you a baby. I like you just the way you are. You're braver than you believe, and stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Parenting is a sacrifice, it's exhausting, it's expensive, at times it feels thankless, but eventually you die. Welcome to the Kid Doc Good Job Being the Mom podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping mothers and fathers through supporting, enabling, and empowering them in their amazing role as parents. Welcome. This is episode number 13, four to five years of age, titled Preschool and FOMO. (laughs) So last episode, we talked about the tactical parenting technique of weekly service by taking out trash cans. Let's talk this week about serving together in Tijuana as well as HEFY. Yeah, let's talk first about Tijuana. I grew up in San Diego, just north of the Tijuana border. And my family often went there to get food storage or have a cat tree upholstered. I always remember getting my bushy blonde hair tousled down there. So now we have some of our dearest friends, Dan and Andrea Azunian, who have a foundation called the Building Hearts Foundation, where they build homes for families in Tijuana. And they provide people with the most basic need of shelter. Yeah, we also served in an orphanage and with local congregations of our church. We enjoyed playing with them and spending time with the orphans there. I remember the big red truck being filled with baby formula and the truck bed. And it was always wonderful to connect with those wonderful people that we got to serve with and serve alongside. Well, so what do you think is the reason we wanted to take you and your brothers to serve in Tijuana? I think it's primarily because Davis County is a bubble within a bubble. You wanted us to experience learning that life in Davis County is not the reality for most of the world and to be exposed to poverty and understand that what we have is really unique and better have an understanding of how we can look outside of ourselves and help those around us. Yeah, I think besides the the framing and electrical work and drywalling work, you guys learned those lessons really well that really happiness doesn't require money and that we have enough. And just we felt it was super important to help you kids develop this worldview in kind of an affordable way without traveling to Africa. And driving to Tijuana with, like you said, the building supplies, formula, diapers, was a way we felt that we could provide important life experience and perspective for your kids. Absolutely. We had a similar experience with HEFY to go to other parts of the world to broaden our worldview. So we had this incredible experience in Latin America, and we chose to serve in Polynesia. So I went to Fiji and Josh went to Tonga. Yeah, I think Amy and I have really liked what service to people with great need has done for you kids. And I feel like There are many opportunities through helping refugees and others in our own community where parents can provide similar tactical parenting through providing experiences for their children. You don't have to go very far to help your children learn how to serve, but it won't happen on accident. Yeah, I'd just like to add that the experiences that we talked about in some ways are still privileged, like you mentioned. So oftentimes there are people just our next door neighbors that are in need of help. And even just today, we worked to compile kits for children and 
young people that are experiencing homelessness in Utah and in other parts of the U.S. And that was something that really brought in my view of people that are currently experiencing need in my backyard, downtown, and is a simple way for me to help. And also think about what would I feel like if I was in this experience and how can I better um, better serve and better look out for those around me. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that really once you know what people in need look like and you learn how to first observe and then serve, um, <clears throat> you have a chance to be able to just see what that looks like and recognize it in people that are right close by you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about starting off preschool and talking about bathroom accidents that come along with some of those things. Yeah. So this preschool visit has some definite recurring themes from these maturing children. With growing up comes some problems with bowel and bladder choices and being too busy to eat and drink. This brings headaches and stomach aches with it as common complaints parents have to deal with. I know we have promised a full episode on constipation, but let's talk about some of the bowel and bladder choices that cause problems for these little kids. One of the most common problems I am asked to help with is a combination of urinary frequency and kids wetting their pants. When somebody comes to me with this problem, without even looking at their age, I can almost always know that this kiddo will be four to six years old. And it is all because of FOMO or fear of missing out that you described earlier The child has good bowel and bladder control. They're having a great time playing and don't want to stop their activity. They are definitely prioritizing playing over peeing and pooping. So at first they start having some minor accidents and they are holding their urine and not going to the bathroom very often. Then over time, because of so much holding, their bladder starts to spasm. And then the child has to go very frequently and very urgently and many times daily and maybe wetting their pants frequently. Now the problem is much bigger, so the child is brought in. Are there other concerns for what may be going on and other items to consider? Yes, many people have concerns from family members or the internet about diabetes and infection. So we always take into account these items by doing a urine sample to rule out diabetes and bladder infections. So with bladder infections, you may also have malodorous, bad smelling urine and fever, and diabetes is usually accompanied by weight loss. So once we rule out serious medical conditions, how do we manage bladder hyperactivity and the recurring accidents? It's actually quite simple, just different choices. I asked to have them go hourly to the bathroom for one week, either sit on the toilet for a couple of minutes to not be rushed or double void by voiding once and then voiding again a minute later to empty the bladder out completely. Then the next week they go every two hours. After that, they can move to every two to three hours. And I will give advice like having Alexa remind them to make it fun and to use rewards like screen time or something else to have this not be a fight. Then if they cannot even go one hour between bathroom times, then I can prescribe a medication called Ditropan to help out with the bladder spasms. I can also write a note for school if that is needed, if they have any problems with getting pushback because they have to choose between citizenship or going to the bathroom, which is always a tough struggle. Yeah, yeah. So does the FOMO for avoiding carrying over to FOMO with stooling? Yes. And so we can incorporate some stooling routines after meals into our avoiding routines as well. Are there any other big ticket items that kid FOMO causes problems with? I think that they also don't eat or drink well when they are busy and having fun. 
these kids will start to lose weight after two to three hours of playing, like really losing weight, but they will only come to you to eat when they are starving. So this leads to a lot of stomach aches and headaches. How do we manage these stomach aches and headaches? Like before, helping them make better choices, like to eat on a schedule is helpful here. Have that same hobbit eating plan we talked about before, schedule time every two to three hours on a clock to make sure they never get behind and lose weight. We can still food plan and have these be healthy foods in modest amounts. One thing I talk about a lot is my, how Michael Phelps famously needed to eat 12,000 calories a day just to not lose weight when training for the Olympics. And these kids with their great metabolisms, their growing and their activity need to eat often. I also try to make sure they're hydrating well, drinking about eight ounces every two to three hours. That's a pretty staggering number of calories considering the average adult needs about 2,000 calories a day to Yeah, <laughs> 12,000. 12, so that's, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> so do you worry about missing other reasons for these stomach aches and headaches? Well, most stomach aches are constipation or gas related, and most headaches are related to low fluid intake, less than ideal food intake, and lack of sleep. But yes, I ask parents to keep a journal of the symptoms to help understand the problem better. This helps to reveal patterns, and the pattern predicts the problem. And there's always a reason for the problem, like we talked about a long, long time ago. I asked for a prospective journal for about two weeks, thinking that recall with a retrospective journal is not as effective. You've got a busy mom trying to accurately remember all the times when their kids complain, which is happening all the time. And it's like trying to recall what you had for lunch two weeks ago. So a prospective journal is much more effective for really kind of pinning down the, um, the pattern for the problems. What if they're really worried about the symptoms or something a little bit more serious? So again, I will help get some limited tests done for concerns they have, and I will offer imaging and specialty referrals. My goal is to help the kiddo feel better, whether I can help them or we need to bring in specialists. I think my job is to listen to parents and make sure their concerns are being heard and addressed. At the beginning, we talked about tactical parenting to help children become independent and contributing members of society. What are some of the next items on the list from Marilee Boat's plan from her parenting breakthrough book? Yes, we will cover her book in one of our book podcasts sometime episode later. But this is the book that prompted me to take time to show you kids how to change a tire. So <laughs> why don't why don't you share the list of things that are up next for different kid aptitudes? Great. Four-year-olds should be brushing their teeth, making their bed making own breakfast, they can help make sandwiches, begin cleaning their room, clean glass tables, and unload the dishwasher. And for five-year-old children, they can straighten a room, they can start vacuuming, or at least help, empty garbage cans, set the table, clear the table, make their own lunch, they can warm up canned food, get allowance, and learn phone numbers and address. I do like the comment about at least trying to help vacuum because it's interesting that I think that you have to recognize that the work would be harder if you help the kids to do it rather than just doing it yourself. And we all acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is not so much about getting a clean house, but about helping these kids to become independent and learn how to clean a house themselves. Yeah, almost certainly, because they'll have to do it someday when they are 24. <laughs> <laughs> 
Great. Well, let's review a few more age-appropriate items on the checklist. Okay. So for discipline, going back to Super Nanny, remember that book, How to Get the Best Out of Your Children. And this really advocates consistency. Remember to put all behavior into those three categories, good behavior, bad behavior, and then annoying or tantrums. Try to acknowledge and reward good behavior with affection. And this can be hard when you are spread really thin. Another excellent book is Parenting with Love and Logic. And I like to start talking about having the consequences fit the crime, like cleaning up after coloring on the wall, maybe doing acts of kindness for those you hurt. So if you hurt somebody, you know, a sibling, then you have to make their bed or help clean their room, which is definitely memorable, or you don't like cleaning your own room. And if you have to clean their room for biting or hitting them, that's pretty helpful. But the key is really consistency and knowing that those consequences really help shape the choices. Okay, what about some safety items? Hey, for safety, we want to continue with our drowning prevention, being aware of tubs, toilets, pools, even five-gallon buckets left out. Good touch, bad touch, making sure is I'm assuming that's mostly referring to like hot, cold. It's more about, you know, um even with people that you love, just making sure that that the touch is okay. That yeah, you know that you know, this is still their body. And, and so if they don't want to be touched by somebody that they don't have to be. And yeah. so it's more like saying, even if grandma wants to give you a hug and you don't want it, then someone should never force a hug on you. And, and that obviously carries over not only to grandmas, even though we love them, but to, you know, any stranger that, that no one has a right to, um, to touch somebody that they don't want that. So great. This also leads to very colorful road trip conversations as well. So I don't like brothers touching me. <laughs> it's true. So. Okay. So with poison, the poison control center info will link below bike and helmet use always encouraged car seat use, having a fire escape plan, planning that out with really all family members to know where their closest exit is guns, making sure they're locked up and they're unloaded safety's on so that children don't get access to those weapons, um, pedestrians, playground, neighborhood safety, just looking both ways, making sure that they're aware of what's going around them so that they are avoiding harm. And then also stranger danger, um, being aware. This is like we mentioned last time, kids are becoming more friendly. They want to interact with adults, but acknowledging that there are people out there that are not safe. So people with bad intentions and so it's uh we want to yeah. try and keep them safe totally so let's review the diet and health items as well just just again basic three meals a day two to three snacks a day that hobbit eating plan really try to eat meals as a family it's a good chance for parents to model eating fruits and vegetables and sometimes that's hard for the dads but having whole grains and a well-balanced diet including breakfast start playing some board games five-year-olds are ready for board game activities and that's really fun to play together. Try to get about 60 minutes of exercise per day. And along with that, include limiting screen time to one hour or less per day. Keep up with the good dental care, brushing, flossing, and having an annual visit with the dentist. Keep up with sleep hygiene and bedtime routines like we talked about last time and learn to encourage hand washing. And the last really are some social skills, Em. Hey, for social we encourage you to read and sing with your child daily, to play with your child every day, take time to 
tour their new, their new school, meet their teacher, and practice communicating with the teacher. And then with school preparation, helping make friends and being aware of bullying and I guess appropriate behavior between children and being both aware of that and then help your your child to navigate that. Um, to take exploratory exploratory walks and trips with the family. I remember going to feed the ducks with my grandma at a young age, and that was always really fun in a new area. Um, help children with their impulsiveness and anger management. Help them learn to share. That's always helpful when there are siblings around or cousins. Um, and then teaching self-comforting behavior, how to manage when they're stressed, knowing when they're stressed, and how to continue on. That's a good list of all the age-appropriate stuff. Great. Well, we will be following up with the six to seven year of age visit, and we will talk to you then. Thanks, Dad. Sounds great. We'll meet again at six to seven. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to getting together again next time. Kid Doc is available wherever you find your other favorite podcast. If you enjoyed what we shared with you today, be sure to like us and subscribe to help other listeners like you find us. On our website, we will add supporting materials and other helpful items from this and other podcasts. The opinions expressed in this podcast, while carefully considered, are ultimately the opinions of the presenters and not necessarily of our employers or of any other organizations with which we are affiliated. And remember, the content of this podcast shouldn't be seen as a substitute for seeking actual personal medical care. If this is an emergency, hang up and dial 911. Otherwise, schedule a visit with a caring doctor to help with your concerns.